What's up, party people? Welcome to Ditch the Egg, a podcast all about navigating dating, career, and honestly, life in general as a millennial. I'm your host, Katie Carson, 30-something avid dater and entrepreneur. What's up, party people? I am excited to dive into today's episode, but before I do, I know that y'all have messaged me and have really enjoyed the episode last week with Denise Holler about sex and kind of breaking down some of the icks and stigmas associated with it. And I'd love to have her back on and I would love for it to be a listener Q&A. So if you're listening to this, you have any questions about your body, sex, ADHD and sex, rejection sensitive dysphoria, really nothing is off the table. All questions will be anonymous unless you really want to change your name, but pretty much anonymous. And you can send them in to ditchtheickpod at gmail.com or you can drop them in my DMs on Instagram at ditchtheickpod. This podcast, I started it to create a safe space for everybody to share their experiences, to talk about dating experiences or just being single and the struggles that come along with that. And I realized a couple of weeks ago during my hibernation period that I have really focused on the dating side of this podcast because it's easy, because there is a plethora of shit to discuss. There are an endless number of stories that I can pull from for experience. But I really want to start shifting that a little bit to really be more inclusive and to not be so much about dating and finding somebody as it is about becoming your best self. And your best self is your best self with or without a partner. And I really want to stress that because I grew up in the church, like we talked about, where marriage was like the ultimate salvation. Like marriage was the highest level you could achieve. And like it, it fucked me up. Because it was insinuating, even though they kept telling me I was a whole person, that I wasn't a whole person. It kept insinuating that my life was not complete until I was in a relationship or with a partner or married or whatever the case may be. And I never want my podcast to feel that way. So I'm sorry if it has felt that way, but that's never been my intent. Now, saying that, is today's episode about dating? Yeah, it is. Because it's just a natural flow jumping off point from the end of year in review. But I have some guests coming in the next couple of weeks that we're going to be talking about a lot of stuff. We're going to be talking about your personal style and personal and professional brand and how that can impact not only how others see you, but how you see yourself. We're going to have, she's an author and a stylist. She's wonderful. We're going to have her here. We're going to have a PhD on to talk about radical self-care because God knows we all need it, especially if you are a part of this group that has been in a fucking geostorm all week. Side tangent. Shocking. I'm going on a tangent, but tangent. We got eight inches of fucking snow and then it was negative one degree. And then last night it snowed all night. We got another fucking inch. And guess what? It's one degree. But you know what it's going to be next week when this episode comes out? It's going to be fucking 50. And I don't know what to do with that. If I, You can't deny climate change because I'm seeing it because I have been coming 
to visit at all times of the year to this specific town for well over a decade. And I have now, like before I moved here, and I have now lived here for three years. And this has never been a thing. Last year, we had an Arctic blast. Yes, with a little bit of snow. But this is bananas. And clearly, like the whole world shut down. So we've all been trapped. Restaurants have not been open. And it's literally too cold to do anything. I went and stayed with my aunt so that I wouldn't have to walk my dog outside to go to the bathroom. Like I just needed to send him out, do his biz and come back in because it was literally negative one degree. And I know that there are places where it's colder and there are places where it's warmer and places where they've gotten more snow. But for this Florida girl, as much as I hate claiming being from Florida, this is too much. This is too much. I left DC because of this weather. And now I'm like, shit, do I got to move south even more? I don't want to. I don't agree with most of the politics or POVs, but damn, this weather's going to drive me out. Anyways, <laughs> that was my ranty tangent. Thank God I have a garage at least until my lease is up in a month, but that's a whole other conversation. We will be talking multi-state moves, best practices. You can learn from all of my mistakes and my multi-state moves. It's going to be great. So I want to. I just want to say that. So if you are single in your 30s and 40s or whatever age and listening to this, I'm not only going to be talking about dating, okay? And I just want to reaffirm that and reassure you in that. And just jumping off of that, if you're not on the apps already, if you have not, if you have not just been on the apps in the background for the last couple of months, don't fucking join now. Now is not the time. We are in peak cuffing season. And you all, you know my thoughts on cuffing season, episode two, feral girl fall, way better. And now we're into like desperation cuffing season. If they didn't find somebody over the holidays, they're now looking to boo up before Valentine's Day. Yeah, that's right. Valentine's Day is right around the corner and it's a fucking nightmare. And I guess that's what you're, it depends on what you're looking for. I just want to make sure if you are getting onto the apps right now, really do some self-reflection. Really dive deep down and be honest with yourself about what you're looking for or why you're downloading the apps. Are you downloading it because you just want the dopamine hit of somebody liking you? That's cool. There's no judgment here. We've all done it. I love the dopamine hit of that. But just be honest with yourself about it. Are you just looking to fight off the cold weather, wink, as we head into Valentine's Day? Are you looking for an actual relationship? Be really honest with yourself about why you're downloading the apps right now. You just made it through the holidays. You showed up as your full fucking feral self and we love you for it and we applaud you. We stand you for that. So don't give in now. That being said, that also means that cuffing season is over in about two weeks and then it will be free. We'll be free. We'll be coming out in the spring in our sundresses or pant or whatever you want to wear. Cuffing season is almost over and I, for one, could not be happier. But if you are already seeing somebody or you do end up with a Valentine's Day date, for the love of Pete, do not go out to eat on Valentine's Day. Or if you decide you have to go out on Valentine's Day, you better be tipping 50 fucking percent because the number of servers who get fucking stiffed on Valentine's Day and bitched at on Valentine's Day, it is the worst day of the year to be in the food service industry. I promise you. I have done my fair share and it's the worst fucking day. So you better be tipping a shit ton if you're going or 
make plans not to go on the day itself. Go on the day surrounding it. Your hospitality people will love you. You won't have a wait or have to be fighting crowds or insane prefix menus. You get to make your own traditions and nobody says you have to go out on Valentine's Day. Now, the other option is that you can try one of these unique date ideas I'm about to share with you. Like I shared in the 2023 Dating Year in Review episodes, I've had a few unique dates in the last year that really helped both parties on the date feel more comfortable and make it a more comfortable situation for all parties involved to be more themselves, to be more relaxed, to be less like I have to present myself as whatever. Anyways, I figured now is a really good time for this because restaurants are a nightmare the week or weekend of V-Day. And so if you are looking for alternates, I wanted to give you some of these, but they're not just for Valentine's Day. These are really great ideas to break up the monotony of meeting for a drink or for coffee or to just to take the pressure off of focusing solely on the person in front of you. Am I making too much eye contact? Am I making too little eye contact? Might be a little bit of my tism riz. I like, am I being too aggressive with my eye contact? Am I showing empathy with my face? But if you if you really think about it, I was talking about this with a friend at dinner the other night. When you meet a new friend, which is hard as shit to do as adults, and we will talk about that, the first time you meet with them, it's not generally meeting with them one-on-one to stare directly into their soul, interviewing them about their friendship deal breakers, right? It's not that serious. You're not interrogating them about their life. You're not worried about all the eye contact you are not making. You usually meet them or get to know them through a mutual interest or a mutual friend. So you have that level, like that common ground. I've met a shit ton of friends at the dog park and built some really solid friendships through that. I think I've talked about it before, but most of the friends that I have in my tiny town are friends that I have met at the dog park. Did I know their human names? Not until six months in. I only knew them as so-and-so's mom. And you know what? They did the same with me. Did that stop us from having really good heart-to-hearts? Absolutely not. And eventually, we learned each other's names. (laughs) So I just want to encourage you, don't put more pressure on yourself than you have to. I did the episode about dating and job hunting being the same. Yeah, datings are like many interviews, but your first date should never be the pressure of a final round interview. It shouldn't. It should be light and fun, like the 15-minute screening call with the HR recruiter. So with that, now that I have tangented for fucking 10 minutes, here are some of the ideas. Beers and battleships. I shared about my best date of 2023, at least. I had a date with a professor who had a lot of social anxiety and we had been talking seven months. So there was already that like weird level of we've had all the first date conversations at this point because we had been talking for seven months on various platforms. And so we needed something to take a little bit of the pressure off of having to stare at each other one-on-one and do things. My recommendation is to find a way to incorporate some sort of game into your date into your drink or coffee date, whatever it is. There's so many places these days because we millennials crave the childhood that we feel like we never had or the nostalgia of our childhood, that they have board games, distilleries, breweries, coffee shops. There's so many places that have games or cars or something available that you can play. And here's why I love this. First of all, you have an activity into which you can direct some of the nervous energy or anxiety. 
the pressure is taken off feeling like you have to fill every single minute with conversation or feel like you're being interviewed for a job instead of getting to know someone. You get to pause. The silences aren't awkward because you're playing the game. You're considering your next move. You're considering where their battleship might be so that you can sink it, okay? Two, you can punch it up a notch, right? You can add a level of getting to know one another as part of the game. We talked about the professor. We did brewery and we played battleship. But instead of just playing the game and trying to like make conversation in between moves, I suggested that every time somebody sunk a ship, they got to ask a question and the other person had to answer. And it didn't have to be serious. Half the time it was like, fuck, Mary kill with different scenarios. But it was a really fun way to work getting to know someone into the game that we were playing while alleviating some of the pressure of having to have stimulating conversation or worrying about what the other person might think or like whatever. My second suggestion for a unique date is one that incorporates movement. Now, I'm not saying that like you need to go for a workout or a hike or run a marathon together. But it's again, it's about having a way to A, move anxious energy through your body and B, not feel pressured to maintain eye contact or conversation the whole time you're with that person. You can... Grab a coffee and go for a walk if you have a walk- walkable area like a downtown or something and the weather is nice. Are there art galleries? Are there bookstores? Are there something like that where you can walk side by side and not just talk about each other but about what's in front of you? I think you can find some really interesting insights by doing this. I had a date after we recorded the dating year in review And a lot of what we did was we walked around a downtown area and explored and chatted and people watched. And part of that was in a bookstore. So we got to walk through, talk about like the types of books we read. What, you know, are we into reading? Are we not? Do we like fiction? Do we like nonfiction? There's just so many ways to like naturally have conversation that it was so cool. Like it was just such a nice low pressure situation. Honestly, one of my favorite dates of all time. I had another date when I lived in DC. We did another, it was, we were in Georgetown. We grabbed dinner. We grabbed, we walked around Georgetown and then we went to see some of the memorials at night, some of the monuments, which I had met this person through a mutual friend. So it's not like he was a stranger from the interwebs. It was actually dishonorable intentions for being full disclosure. And it was actually on his birthday that we had this date because it was the only night I had off from the Cheesecake Factory when I worked there. But he took me on some of his, like, on a tour to some of his favorite nighttime monuments where they were lit up. It was gorgeous. It was, like, such a cool idea. So not everybody lives in D.C. Not everybody has that available. But there's a lot of things that you can do that, again, I'll give you something to talk about. You can talk about why you enjoy something or whatever. Like, you can find out some really cool stuff. You can go bowling. You could go pet golfing. Just do something that gives you something to do with your hands. I think you <laughs> you heard me on the episode with Denise last week. Like, I'm not quite sure what to do with my hands 99% of the time. And I feel like my hands show is where I work out a lot of my nervous energy outside of word vomiting. In case you can't tell what this whole podcast is, it's me word vomiting. But give yourself something to do to channel that anxious energy. Move it through your body because... The ability to move it through your body is like really powerful. And I don't think people really know that or 
maybe you do, but you don't think about it in terms of dating. Depending on how you met the person and like what your comfortability level is with them. Like for instance, if it's somebody that you've known for a while and you've not met, necessarily met on the apps and so they're not like stranger danger, you could do something little more in nature. You could do like the quarry that I did with Dom Daddy because I had already known him at that point. That was not a huge risk. I also did a lot of research, shared my location. Like I said, we're going to have a safety episode at some point. And there are a lot of really cool things that you can do. Is there a botanical garden near you that you can walk around? Is there a really cool park? Is there a body of water somewhere Anywhere you can go to people watch for me is a 10 out of 10. Fucking love people watching. Go to a brewery that has cornhole. Go to a coffee shop that, I don't know, people watch. Uh, The coffee shops are wild. Coffee shops can go from super like chill and like aesthetically pleasing to banana sandwich busy and lots of games and outdoor space and shit like that. So just don't feel pressured to find something, but if the opportunity presents itself, jump at the chance to do something different. Do something different for Valentine's Day. Do something different for your regular dates. Switch up your activities to take some of the pressure off of a date. It should be fucking fun. I know that dating the dating pool is a cesspool. Guys, I know it. I know it. I know that it is terrible out there. We've been out here in the trenches with you. Okay, so don't make it any more terrible than it has to be. Now, let me give you some parameters around some of these things. Okay, I would not recommend anything that is inherently a multiple hour activity if it is a first date. First dates are already hard. This is why we've got to incorporate some switching things up as far as activity goes. But like one of my girlfriends, she has a really cool approach to this. She has a 60 minute first date role. At 60 minutes, no matter how good or bad the date is going, she says thank you and good night. She tells the guys this up front before they meet so they know it's not going to be an endless night and neither of them feel pressure to continue the date if they're not feeling it or that awkward like when is it time to leave type of thing sometimes. I personally have had many multi-hour first dates, but they were usually in long distance situations where A, we had already built a solid foundation and connection already to warrant the drive of the distance. And B, we both wanted the time spent on the date to be commensurate with the travel time. Now, had those dates been terrible, I am absolutely positive. I would like I would have ended it, they would have ended it. It doesn't matter. But if you're in a situation where distance isn't a factor, driving distance isn't a thing, somebody's not driving two hours for a 60-minute date, I think that this could be a really effective thing. It takes the pressure off exactly how long you have. And then if the date is going great, then awesome. Make plans to see them again. If the date's not going so great, you've got an out, bitch. I wouldn't say like putt for the first date because that usually takes more than an hour. But a board game and a beer would be great walking through an art gallery, depending on the size of the gallery. You could use your parking validation as an excuse. I don't know. So along the same vein, I would never recommend an escape room any time before, I don't know, six months into the relationship, even if you're super into them. I think they can be so fun later on. But I think that if you do them too early, it can put a lot of unnecessary pressure on the date. I think 
they can really give you good insight and to see how people do well under pressure and how you work together to solve problems. But if you do it too early and you don't know the person well enough, I feel like you're setting yourself up for failure, failure not just in the relationship, but also in the escape room, right? I don't know if anybody's watched the episode of Shit's Creek where they do an escape room for Pat- Patrick's bachelor party or I recently just finished You're the Worst and Jimmy, the main character, goes to an escape room and is literally the worst. And doesn't help solve any of the puzzles and instead just gets them to open the door by saying he's claustrophobic and he taps out and thinks that people should be impressed by that. So while I do think they can be a really helpful tool, don't do it too early on. Because if you don't know each other well enough, the pressure of feeling like you have to be able to solve this or what are they going to think I'm stupid if I can't, those sort of things can really just set you up for real failure. And last but not least... Anything in the goddamn woods, unless you're like doing it with a group, right? There's a lot of hiking groups that schedule things or there can be like events like the park rangers lead or if it's a well-populated park or trail. Okay. But if not, hard fucking pass. As Karen and Georgia always say, stay sexy and don't go in the woods or stay sexy and don't get murdered. Next month, we are going to do that safety episode. And it's just, you have to use common sense. Like, no matter how, if somebody's going to murder you, they're going to murder you. And they're probably not going to do it on a first date. Let's be honest. But use wisdom. Trust your intuition. I think that as women, we, we don't do that enough. We tend to, like, shrug off our intuition as you're just being paranoid or something oh, that's just your anxiety. But sometimes it's fucking not. Sometimes it's your fucking intuition and you need to listen to it. And I would rather err on the side of it actually being my anxiety, but I didn't put myself in a situation that was making me uncomfortable in that way than go on a date in the woods and get murdered. I don't know. Maybe it's just because I'm a true crime girl. I'm a basic white bitch in that way. And I have watched a lot of murder documentaries in the last couple of weeks. So there is that. So I would love to hear some of your unique date ideas. What are some really cool dates? What are some really terrible dates that you've been on? I have had some bad ones that have gone on for hours that I shouldn't have let go on for hours. But hey, that was in my 20s. We know better now. And I'm back to rambling. It's fine. We're fine. Everybody is fine. So let me know your unique date ideas. Do you agree with some of these? Do you take umbrage with multiple of them? Do you have other ideas you want to share. If you want to share them, hop in the Facebook group. Yo, we are building a community for especially single women, but it is very inclusive. People from all walks of life, all stages of life, married, divorced, single, 30s, 40s, 20s. It's it's a really inclusive space where we want to make it the norm to really start sharing our stories, to start ditching the ick, if you will. So the link is in the show notes for the Facebook community. It is totally free. And it's just a place to like get to know people. Maybe at some point you'll meet somebody who's in your same geographical area. Y'all can be friends because we all know making friends as an adult is a bitch. I think I've said it a hundred times this episode already. So like I said, we've got some really great episodes coming up for you. We're going to have the safety episode. We have some really cool interviews. We are going to have Denise Holler back on So submit your cues so they can get aid. And that's it for this week. We'll see you next time.
Thanks for joining us on Ditch the Ick. Make sure you follow us on Instagram at Ditch the Ick Pod. You can shoot us DMs, listener stories. In our highlights, you'll see some listener story prompts. You can share them with us anonymously or with your name. It's up to you. But we always love to connect and get to know you on social. And if you haven't already, head to patreon.com slash ditch the ick. You'll see a couple of different levels where you can subscribe and get access to exclusive content, get early access to the videos. In some cases, you get first dibs on listener stories. So make sure you head over there and subscribe. It really helps keep this going. If you're looking to join the community, meet some other single people, maybe you need some new friends, share your thoughts, comments, responses to the episode, you can head over to Facebook. We've got a free private group called Ditch the Ick, and it's going to be a really safe space for us to share our stories, connect, and make friends.